I haven't seen you since the play. Myself, count myself among the fortunate. Uh, count myself, you know, extremely fortunate. You know, I finally, I try, I, I checked off a classic uh, travel to do. You know, like one of those things was like, oh, every traveler must do this at one point, and that was, of course, sleeping overnight at the airport. It comes for all travelers one day or another. It will. Does it? It, that's, I guess. I assume. I assume everyone. Thing I assume hear. everyone has had a little, a little overnight stay at the, at the run Reagan the, National Airport in Washington D.C. Little run-in with the, with the sleep port as they call little it. Little run-in with a late flight and uh, sleeping in the freezing cold entranceway of a <laughs> Reagan Hell National yes. Airport. Uh, but I made friends with my with my seatmate who also missed their connection, uh, and uh, we became good. And we we said like, you know what, we're in this together now. We got to look out for each other. On the yeah, mean, this mean is the streets. thing we do as a team now. Yeah, of the mean mean streets of the Reagan National Airport in Washington D.C. Uh, and but you know what, I learned a lot about their life. They were very forthcoming with a stranger. <laughs> They've lived a very wild life. Uh, and I was happy to be entertained about it. And then they gave me, uh, some vape weed and it helped me sleep on the concrete floor. Hell yes. Yeah. Did a classic, a classic businessman move too, of using my <laughs> suit jacket as a pillow. Yeah. You, you lived the, the mad men life. I was about to say, I'm living a very like mad men. I am taking the 3 a.m. train back to the New York suburbs <laughs> um, out of out of because I'm a mad man. I'm a Madison man. I'm the Madison man. Yes. Yeah. Madison How, man, not to be mistaken by medicine man. That's, medicine um, men of mice and men. Uh, oh, see another wrinkle <laughs> of monsters and men. Hey, men, I like it. Wait, which one's the metal one? The of mice and men one. is the metal one. Of monsters and men is the band yeah. that I like. Okay, yeah, of monsters and men is a fun Icelandic sort of uh, yeah. folk, folky, yeah, or well, less folky recently, but yes, sort of band uh, of mice and men. I guess I know it better as a work of classic literature, but I suppose yeah, it is probably no, there is also a metal, a metal band. band. There is a metal I band mean, called of mice and men. Every uh, work must every literary have been. work has a musical latitude. There are so many bands. Yeah. Currently and you know in history, yeah. Simply, I'm sure there's a band somewhere called Ain Band. Yeah, super. <laughs> and their first, their, their first album because they're a punk band. Obviously, their first album is Atlas Mugged. 
and it's a picture of Atlas getting punched. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, I did find Einband on Bandcamp. Einbandcamp. Yeah. They're probably, um, hold on, they're probably like Americana folk. It's really tough to say. Okay, so it's hard to describe what I'm looking at on Bandcamp.com. Einband.bandcamp.com. <laughs> There are six postings here. I don't know if they are albums or no, it is six singles. Ooh. Um, and they all have different artwork that was uh, 100% done in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> uh, Anthem, their first single, is sort of a very crude uh, drawing of Atlas holding up uh, what one could assume was the Earth, but it's an orb without color or texture. Um, then, you know, a very Einband Christmas. So that's fun. Cheapers. Um, and of course, Little Trumper Boy. Um, <laughs> which is a oh. very, yeah, so I just gotta, I just gotta give a quick listen to Little Trumper Boy. Yes, please. It's only what's right. Two and a half, two out, two minutes and 49 seconds. That's two and, and a half hours. <laughs> two and a half hours long. Yeah. Okay, so far it's just the song Little Bummer Drummer Boy, but instead of the Little the, Bummer Boy, <laughs> the drum onomatopoeia, they're just saying to rumpa to rump pump, to rump to rump to rump rump rump. It does seem to be an anti-Trump song, so well that's a, that's. Uh, it mean. was honestly a toss-up. It really, it really was. <laughs> That's... Yeah, so far it's just like I think they found the like oh Trump kind of fits scans onto Tarumpa Pump, uh, so we gotta write we gotta write an almost three minute song about this. <laughs> we gotta we gotta just do a, a lyric scan for yeah. Little Drummer Boy. So yeah, Ein Band was there again. A lot of bands, so I think yeah, essentially every name has been taken at this point. Yeah, yeah, must truly must must have been. It's the it's the it's the literal um, joke that Hitchhiker's Guide makes, which is that if you put enough monkeys in a room, eventually one of them will write Shakespeare. Uh, yeah. If you put enough people people on the planet, eventually a band will be named for every possible literary pun slash author slash work. Every possible uh, author pun, every line from every book will eventually become. Uh, you know, the Grapes of Wrath is not a terrible I was, band Why was name. I literally about... I was literally thinking there's a song called Grapes of Wrath. It's not I a just terrible didn't say it. band name. Uh, John Steinbeck, apparently a fruitful uh, producer of, of band names, because you also have Of Mice and Men. Um, yeah. yeah uh, uh, and I have, I have run out of John Steinbeck works that I'm familiar with. Uh, 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 uh the East of Eden. Uh, again, East of Eden, absolutely Good. a metal, a metal band somewhere. Tortilla Flat, that's absolutely a band. Tortilla Flat is a band. East of Can Eden, band, rock band, found it. Cannery Row, um, that's a band. They're they're at a top ten UK hit with the single Jigga Jig in 1970. This is East of Eden, the British. Progressive rock. Of course. Band. Absolutely. The Winter of Our Discontent. Come on. Come on, that's a band. It's a band. The Moon is Down? 
Yep, winter of my discontent and In the winter of our discontent. Yeah. And the winter of our discontent uh, is the album title of a band called The Animal Farm Music. <laughs> yeah, great, good. So that's a literary band. That's a band for people who read. Uh, In Dubious Battle, The Moon is Down, Sweet Thursday. John Steinbeck, yes, was pumping out literature, but even more so was pumping out the sickest band names you've ever heard in your whole yes. fucking life. Yeah. Sweet Thursday? I would absolutely be the bassist for Sweet Thursday. Yeah. One hundred percent. They're a good time band. They're they're kind of like a like a party sort of beach band, I think, Sweet Thursday. Sweet Thursday is just giving you good good pop tunes. Yep. Yep. Shoegaze, my babe. Shoegaze. Absolutely. You're just you looking down, you looking at your dancing shoes. That's what you're looking at. Because you're just having a I've good never time. understood why shoegaze is the, called that. Yeah. Is it because of what you just said? Look um, at your shoes? I don't know. Are we using... I don't know if I'm familiar with shoegaze. Yeah. Shugazi. Shugazi. It's a subgenre of Indian alt rock characterized by its ethereal mixture of obscured vocals, guitar distortion, and effects. Is it for sad boys who look down? My Bloody Valentine, Slow Dive, Ride... The Jesus and Mary Chain. Jesus and Mary. Parent genres. Indie rock, alt rock, ambient music, space rock, neo-psychedelia, Japanese rock. Yeah, it's for people that like love to put on headphones and look down, I think. People who love to like kind of slump over when they're walking and, and with their over-ear headphones. It's also named because its leading figures will play their shows with their eyes cast down at their shoes. Or actually, the complicated arrangement of pedals they use to create their reverb drenched oh. soundscapes. They're, they're constantly playing and looking down and tapping pedals. It's not about the listener. It's about, it's about the, the player, because he's got some fancy footwork to do. Oh. Got a this also, is how to dance When you read the now. definition, you said a subgenre of indie and alternative, alternative rock, and I heard... Indian alternative rock, and I was like, "No, Hello. Hello. <laughs> no, it's not." Yeah, this is a That's real. It's a silly. It's a Bollywood sub subgenre. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would also listen to uh, the fuck out of that. <laughs> Indie, I, I mean, I one can can probably find it. Um, yeah, likely. I, all right, so we're opening up Spoofy. We're on a little musical adventure. What are what are the openings of these fucking podcast episodes anymore? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. it's great because I've done podcasts where I've been like, we should try cold opening and just talking about shit and cutting to that. And every yeah. time we would start, people would be like, are we recording? And I'd be like, yeah, this was the cold opening. We're not supposed to say it out loud. And it wouldn't work the way the way that I think it should. And alternatively, we, although we did just do that this time, we can just start talking about fucking anything and yeah. make it into something. Because you know what? We're curious boys. We are the curious boys. That's uh, the... Oh my god, Kev. That's a good band name. <laughs> curious boys. All right, so yeah. I have found the Indian indie mu indie rock playlist on on Spotify and I'm All giving right. it a listen. Waiting for the vocals to kick in. Is there a shoegaze playlist on Spotify? There's got to be. Oh, it's probably hundreds. It's kind of you know, I'm getting to the lyrics of the first song on this on this playlist. Kind of everything you wanted it to be. <laughs> kind of, kind of exactly what you wanted and, and were promised. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking liquid death sparkling water, and I'll be damned if it doesn't also taste like beer. Whoa, it's like it's beer just flavor. the can. No, no, it's just 
<laughs> your brain is uh it's like when people tell you that the m&ms are different flavors and then it's you like, start tasting it slightly and you're like stop brain stop it that's not how this works they're just well, chocolate it's, it's sparkling water it's out of a tall boy can the can is absolutely you know what liquid death is yes yeah absolutely yeah the can is absolutely marketed so that it appears to be a beer can and just that slight sparkling it's also unflavored so sparkling yeah. plain water out of a can initially my brain goes beer and then like the taste doesn't settle in but the initial taste my body is doing my, my tongue is doing for me yeah also liquid death rules and the fact that there's a sparkling water company that only makes their shit in cans because they're more easily recyclable and their cool. initial demographic was straight edge punk fans uh fucking rules so you could still look fucking cool you don't look cool at the punk show sipping a lacroix you know no but if like, you're you know, a liquid death that says murder your thirst on the front. Hell yeah. But it's a plain, <laughs> plain seltzer water. It fucking rules, my it's boy. It's plain water with bubbles in it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta be fucking careful. You know, like, you gotta, a uh, punk club is a place where you gotta kind of look up the rules beforehand. Because, like, if you yeah. show up wearing the wrong kind of shoelaces, you're, you're out of there. You're out. You're out of there, buster. You're done. You're gizzy gizzy and, on. And you ain't coming back. <laughs> they took a picture of you. You ain't coming back. <laughs> I don't like you. Yeah. You My friend that, doesn't right? either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Every every punk club is the is the most nicely cantina. because uh, you will never mm -hmm. find a more wretched hive, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You guys know the joke. But you know about the shoelaces thing. No. What is the shoelaces thing? Oh, okay. Um so <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not I've never been in a group that's been labeled cool I mean, in my enough. life. Like, I mean, uh, let who do you think you're talking to? Uh, I just I can we do a I podcast like, about TV shows and books? Like exactly, yes, we are exactly. we are exactly. cool to us. <laughs> but I find uh, I love artistic subcultures. I like to learn yeah. different things about about different groups of people, and uh, so so the punk scene, and particularly you know in decades past. As you might imagine, mm -hmm. um, at times has has a sort of ew, white nationalist element um, that that you know because it's you know angry, propulsive, uh, uh, anti-authoritarian rock music, right? Sure. Um, but the punk which is really weird because like the punk scene is so anti-fascist. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is because the the punk scene made a essentially a zero tolerance policy for that yeah. kind of shit. For, for punk clubs and things like that. And it was sort of a self-policed space where it's like, we are going to kick Nazis out of our fucking establishment. We are kicking them out of the subculture. And yeah. we need to have a, a, like, harder than the U.S. after the Civil War, like, a no-tolerance policy for this. Like, we need to, we need to absolutely fucking draw a line in the sand if, yeah. if a if a Nazi shows up, they are out. We are not yeah. tolerating this. Um, and and folks would, uh, you know, but of course they wouldn't take no for an answer. So they'd often try to re-enter or send different people to sort of infiltrate. Um, and then once you let one white nationalist in, it's like rats. Once you have one, you actually have ten. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and and they would wear little code like shoelaces and things like that. 
to to signal to each other that oh, I'm a white nationalist, you're a white nationalist. You know, it was like the jelly bracelets where it's like this one means I do butt stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, sure. It was, it was it was those crazy like color coded bracelets. Um, and uh, anyway, zero tolerance policy, and that's how you get you know the dead Kennedys, Nazi punks, fuck off. Um, <laughs> uh, song is like yeah. that's what you play yeah. when you are kicking white nationalists out of out of the club, and that's how you get a movie like uh, Green Room. That's what that movie's about. Oh, is that what that movie's about? It's a uh, yeah, like uh, Patrick Stewart is the Wait, lead does Patrick of a Stewart bunch of, like, play a nationalist? Yeah, he plays like a neo-Nazi or whatever. I guess it's just like a full-on Nazi at that point. Uh, and they like take over a punk club, and there's a punk band who's like trapped inside, and it's like it's kind of like a zombie movie, but with racist yeah yeah yeah. but if all the zombies were racist guys yeah i remember seeing trailers for that and being like weird patrick stewart would be in that and anton yelich right yeah yelchin or yelchin yeah and then i remember seeing people say it was good and i was like what this looked silly but all right uh from the director of uh blue ruin which uh everyone's been telling me to watch the guy likes color and then noun yeah sure Oh, yeah. I'm looking it up. I want to say Jeremy Saulnier uh, is the director's name. Folks, it's Jeremy Saulnier. Uh, we we did Ooh. it, Joe. Oh, Alia Shawkat's in this. Um, Imogen Poots. Ooh. You got, the Poots is loose in this one. Eric Edelstein, who looks very familiar to me, a very large gentleman who, oh, I see. I've just seen him in uh, 400,000 things in, in tiny parts. Got it. He does look like the Epic Mealtime guy, though. Uh, I think that's maybe more what I was thinking of, is that he looks like the Epic Mealtime guy. What's Jeremy yeah. Saulnier up to? What's he got? What's he got coming? It's funny reading the, the description of this and then seeing Patrick Stewart's smiling, kind face mm. in the cast. I know. It's like, Peepaw? Why would Peepaw do this? What did you do? Apparently, Jeremy Saulnier, um, iconic and beloved indie director, uh, like so many before and after him uh directed an anonymous netflix movie that no one has ever seen or heard of i bet you he goes by saul near called from america that oh sure um that makes sense (laughs) saul near uh i like to drive down gravoy boulevard in st oh shit he directed hold the dark yeah hold the dark with jeffrey wright and alexander skarsgård and james badge dale um, again, a movie we've all seen and heard of before now. <laughs> we, everyone is familiar with Hold I wanted to watch this, but I never did. I forgot it came out. From four years ago. I have never. Yeah. This has big actors in it from, like, an acclaimed indie director. I have never heard anyone breathe this movie's name. I Netflix saw the trailer. I saw the trailer should... and was very interested. And then it just escaped my brain. Netflix should be shot. Um, True Detective, he did two <laughs> episodes of season three of True Detective. Um, right. and, and he's got, oh, we got a we got a new movie in post-production, folks. Rebel Ridge. High-velocity thriller that explores systemic American injustices through bone-breaking action sequences, suspense, and dark humor. Honestly, Fucking James Rob. Cromwell still kicking around? Fuck yeah. Uh, well, James he ain't Cromwell no more, so this has got to be one of those yeah, like, final performances. Or is he alive and I just... I think I he just, might still be alive, man. I dude. just psyched myself He's out. He's still I, alive. <laughs> He's Harrison Ford aged. He's still I, alive. I thought, well, Harrison Ford's not a, not a spring chicken. I just, no. I I was just so sure that James Cromwell was dead. Oh I'm, my sorry, God, G- Kev? I'm sorry, James. Kev, I'm sorry, cast. Jimmy. 
James Cromwell, Don Johnson, James Badge Dale, fucking hey, David Denman. This sounds good. I'm into this movie. And it's a high-velocity action thriller? Well, sign me up. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. In post-pro. <laughs> post it's so in post-pro, yeah. That's right. probably early next year? You'd think. Yeah. I'm hoping for, like, a nice... You know when they release, like, a nice, good movie in, like, February? And you're like, yeah, ah, this will keep, keep me get going. To, get to go to the theater when it's sharp and biting cold. Yeah, but you're like, oh, you know, I brave it for this one, the one decent movie that's going to come out this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, hey, uh, it's almost October, so it's almost, it's almost good movie time. We're almost about to get the good yeah. movies out in the theaters. Yeah, the fact that we're only like a month and a half away from... Not even a month and like two weeks. So that's a month and a half. <laughs> the fact that we're only a month and a half away from uh, Black Panther. Ooh, God, oh, I can't right. wait. God, I can't wait. All right. I uh, yeah, I can't wait. Also, uh, this isn't specifically related. This isn't even kind of related to games or movies. But uh, there's a <laughs> game that I just found out is coming out, likely early next year, uh-huh. called Capes. It's about like a squad of superheroes fighting against a megacorp. Uh, and it's like an XCOM turn-based uh, tactics oh. game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Say more things that will get me just super excited. The dang heck? Okay, sure. Apparently XCOM style is just like the new, just like kind of reskin that and, and send it out and do whatever you need it to do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a the quick byline. With superheroes essentially wiped out, the world has been forced to endure the iron fisted tyranny of the supervillain ruling class for the last two decades, but now a new generation of heroes is stepping up to save the day. Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Turn based superhero tactics. It's called Capes. Someone said it was XCOM and the boys had a baby, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yep. All right. Well, you got you you peaked my you peaked my attention. Not the only yeah. uh, superhero XCOM style game we are getting in the next uh, few months. What's the other one? Of course. Oh shit! Never mind. Never mind. Don't say it. Don't say it. Never mind. Shame on me for not just. That's okay. You got there. I literally read the name Midnight Suns in the in the comparison like one second, ago. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, "What game?" In December. Yeah. We're all Can't very wait. Excited. Can't wait. I love Thanks. that I'm getting more tactics games. Exactly it's funny because like, shit. it's so much my shit. It's funny because I had a conversation with a friend today about how unprofitable, uh, like dogfight, like f- uh, f- uh, ship fighting simulators are. Uh, yeah, oh, we've had a complete drop off of them. <laughs> yeah, and I love them very much. I also think tactics games should be somewhere in that milieu of games that, like, the audiences, if they exist, are small. But we do keep getting very good tactics games. I actually just recently, like like two days ago, re-downloaded a game from 2015 called Massive Chalice. It was a double fine game, mm-hmm. the Tim yes. Schafer game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, if you you seem to be nodding as if you know what I'm talking of. I do uh, know what you're talking about. Yeah, for those aware. who don't know, it's like XCOM meets Game of Thrones, where in between battles, rather than like building a base, you're like appointing regents and uh, having them get married to people with like 
the specific goal of lining up traits so that their kids... Oh, like a Crusader Kings kind of... Yeah, so that their kids will come of age and become warriors in this fight against an encroaching, like, monster plague. Mm -hmm. So the battles take place, like, ten years apart. So you're playing with, like, literally generations from the same family. And if, as you play and as, like, members of that family get more and more... um, notoriety in battle they become the owners of like heirloom weapons that when they pass they pass down to their kin and just Mm -hmm. last night like i lost a keep i'm I'm like you have to play for 300 years i'm like 12 years away from the end of the game um and uh i lost you start to lose ground as the enemy encroaches and i lost a keep of the foxfire clan or house foxfire and like the last member of House Foxfire died, and you can't hand heirloom weapons to other lineages, so they have oh. to be like entered into the chalice and consumed. And I was really sad because like they were the only people that created this uh, this brood of really hardy like melee fighters. And I now I don't have any melee fighters; it's all ranged, and it's sad because it's like fuck. Like not only is that family gone, gone. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have anybody that even resembles them. It's such a cool, like, the game play itself is a little fine. It's a tactics yeah. game. It's, it's hard a, to fuck it's up a, a tactics game. It's an XCOM-style tactics game. Even yeah. the least interesting one of those, let's say, Empire of Sin, is still going to be, like, pretty yeah. fun. And, and still going to be pretty fun, especially for tactics-minded people. Caleb, bad news. Like, I did uh, just find a cowboy XCOM game. Uh, Is it called... Hard West. Oh, Hard West. I have that installed. Hard West. It was recommended under Massive Chalice. (laughs) Uh, Bad news, because, you know, if you're like me, you're like, ah, another fucking... Another game I have to fucking play. Thing I want to engage with that's going to take, like, hours and hours of my life that I'm, like, really going to enjoy, but, like... Yeah, I've seen stuff for Hard West, budget out more time for this shit. Yeah. But, like, come on! Take control of the supernatural posse and catch the mysterious ghost train. Out smart, out cheat, and outgun your enemies in this turn-based tactics game set in the Wild West world where nothing is as it. Okay, thanks, Kev. Guess where this is fucking going? Come on, in the cart. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, I get paid on Friday. This game will be installed on my computer by the time Add this episode comes out. Add to cart, my man. God Kev, there's damn. battles where you're on a train and people are riding horses up next to yes. the train. Yes. And you're ricocheting bullets. Sometimes I get mad that no one has told me about something sooner. It's like I've not done a good enough job of letting people know what my bullshit is. That like this, this game's like two weeks supernatural old. cowboy XCOM game. How has no one brought this up to me before now? Rock Paper Shotgun says taking a slug of whiskey to heal yourself before bouncing a bullet off the liquor store sign into an enemy's back is a delightful yeah. synthesis of mechanics and theme. And when you combine that with a brain-tangling network of moves that leaves every enemy in sight sprawled in pools of viscous scarlet, boy, howdy, there ain't no better feeling. Aw, oh, dang. Sold. Fucking sold. Aw, oh, dang. Is that, is that good? Is that satisfying? I, cu- I, cu- I couldn't feel it. I, cu- I, couldn't, I couldn't tell. Also, that who that was wrote good. that review? Because damn. Yeah, that was pretty was verbose. Rick Lane. Of course it was written by a guy with the name Rick fucking Lane. I'm Rick Lane. This, the title of the review is Hard West 2 Review. Rootin' tootin' tactical shootin'. <laughs> and the subtitle is West Harder. 
Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. This is the game I'm going to buy this Friday. 100%. Uh, yeah. I'm, n- I'm not going to tell you about the next game. This rabbit hole is going deeper and deeper. Kev, Kev, do it. Do it. Okay, so this game is not yet out yet, but it's coming soon. It's called Homicidal All-Stars. As a contestant on a brutal reality game show of the future, you must survive a deadly urban environment packed with legal traps, confounding puzzles, and murderous, heavily armed psychopath turn-based combat in handcrafted yep. levels. Yep. Fucking. Yep. Fucking Battle Royale. <laughs> fucking. Yep. Cyberpunk Hunger Games ass <laughs> game. Fucking. Yep. On the dang wish list. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Tactical Breach Wizards? Well, I'm about to. <laughs> Look up Tactical Breach Wizards. Well, I'm about my friend. to know what that is. It's XCOM with wizards, and also <sighs> it's momentum-based. So you can, like, dump people out windows and shit. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a puzzle tactics game where you and a team of outcast witches and wizards and Kevlar... <sighs> Unraveling a modern geopolitical conspiracy by combining your spells in clever ways. Dealing with your emotional problems and knocking people through windows. Let's go. Release date when it's done. <laughs> you know what? I was just reading that and I fucking respect I that. respect the fucking Release out of date? It, you know. <laughs> when you can buy it, motherfucker. Whenever. <laughs> Someday. When you can buy it, you piece of shit. Yeah, I respect also, that. Also, on the like more like this is Gloomhaven, which was free on Epic this week, oh, and nice. Wildermyth, which we've played a lot of. Oh God, I've played, I've beat, I've beaten all the story content of Wildermyth, and I've done one random campaign. Uh, hot damn! Uh, also, in other news, I got Wandering Village last week. Wandering the game Village. where you it's a it's a city builder survivor survival city builder like Frostpunk. But you're on the back of a giant moving creature called Anbu. Oh, and like you have to yeah. feed Anbu and take care of Anbu and you can yeah, mine. I do. It's great, dog. It's so, mm, it's so good. Yeah, I gotta take care of Anbu. It's so good. Yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh man. I think I think, you know, Kev, I think 30-year-old us went, you know what I like? When I get to plan something and it goes well. <laughs> What happened to us in our lives, in our in the first 30 years of our lives, that we said, like, mm, I love a well-executed plan. <laughs> I turned into Hannibal from the A-Team. Great. Oh, I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. yeah I mean, apparently. honestly, though. This feels I... like the natural, like, this is the modern-day equivalent of, you know, when dads got really into, like, risk. Sure. This sure. is risk. This is risk, but it's shiny. <laughs> <laughs> shiny digital risk yeah uh you Could know you imagine what? if dads like 30 years ago could have played risk on the internet no i they can't never been around <laughs> <laughs> dad you would not have seen dads no dad i don't think i don't think either of us are born <laughs> honestly Absolutely there's not. a significant if... lack of interaction that would have taken place uh, uh hundred percent. Yeah. I, there would be a, an essentially a missing generation because all potential dads <laughs> would have been fucking playing risk on uh, the phantom XCOM generation. That's right. Yeah. Lost. Like I, I tactics games are my shit so much, mm-hmm. so fucking much. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so now I've got two more I have to add to the list. I'm really? I'm playing Hard West this weekend. I mean, um, Homicidal I mean. All Stars add, added to the wish list. Tactical Breach Wizards, you best believe that's been added to the wish list. On to the wish list. All these that are like, it'll come out one day, and I say, sure. I, I'm sure I will be notified by Steam via email when you yep. are available. <laughs> also, currently installed on my PC, Gears Tactics, which is sure. very good. Classic Myth. Ruin Raiders, which is anthropomorphized animals and armor tactics. Phantom Brigade, Mech Tactics, Phoenix Point, Horror XCOM, John Wick Hex, John Wick XCOM, Phantom Doctrine, Cold War Spy XCOM. Well. <laughs> I have a lot of tactics games on the PC. Well. And do I have any more? Do I have any more? That's it. It's also like the perfect PC game. Is a, oh, like a tactics man. game. That was the so I I remember when I got a gaming capable PC and XCOM 2 was free yeah. somehow. And I was like, am I gonna play this game again? I and also I didn't got have it for the... free or like mega mega cheap. Yeah. I don't know what the deal was. I think it, but there was like a, a moment where XCOM for me, probably. Oh, it was absolutely that. It's probably yes. There was an XCOM 2 humble bundle that came with the uh, XCOM that was like War of the Chosen, the one with all the extra shit. Yeah. And I was like, am I going to play this game again? And I didn't because I had other shit going on. But I did play. Um, what tactics game did I play on my PC all the way through? Uh, oh, 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 I didn't play XCOM 2 because in 2020, Firaxis shadow dropped a little gem called XCOM Chimera Squad. Yes, which you which you loved and wrote about. I did. And I was like, oh, tactics on PC fucking. Yeah, I never I have two fully unplayed XCOM games because Enemy Unknown with the Enemy Within expansion. I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm done with you yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I did install it because I'm like, I gotta play these other games and I just want I'm gonna like do a a push through. I'm gonna do a run through. And I have all three banner sagas, and I've only ever played the first one. I haven't played any of those. I've just watched a bunch of them. Baby. Oh, that animation. Oh, beautiful. Uh, <laughs> anyway, this is, of course, Advanced Media Studies. Obviously. A podcast where we aim to talk about every single piece of pop culture ever created one week at a time. And I hey, think we're moving at a pretty good clip. I think we're going to get it sooner rather than later. I think we're going to get it. Yeah, I think we're, gonna, I think we're catching up, actually. We're I running out we're, of things to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, you rejoin us now uh, in our life, the podcast, and everything uh, our, our journey through the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book series. And this is our first episode about book two, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, which we do not get to in this reading series for, for this week. We do not get to the restaurant. <laughs> no, we do um, not. I am one of your hosts, uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan. <laughs> And uh, I, too, uh, moved my cool indie underground publishing company uh, to the Sunset Beach Planet. Wouldn't we all I'm living on fucking island time now, baby. Island time constantly, baby. It's five o'clock somewhere, and that somewhere is here. Uh, I'm Caleb, the daddy host, the host with the most kids. And if you had to describe me by purely my ominous nature and size, it would have to be as a Frogstar Scout Robot Class D. Yes, of course. Yes, the only way. Yeah, it's the closest we've ever gotten to a Douglas Adams tactical game. Is that is that a Holy series? 
uh, in chapter six where it's like, and then there's this tactical robot, and then it's like, oh, and then there's this one, and then there's the next one. I would play the shit out of that. Of course oh. I would. We just had 20 minutes of conversation. Yeah, talking about tactics games, but like yeah. the, 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 we will have hit, uh, we will have passed peak when we are doing like a Hitchhiker's Guide tactics game. Hey, hey. But if someone wanted to make like a really solid mod, you know, oh. I'd be completely on board for it. Yeah. If someone wanted 100%. to do. 100%. Like the Game of Thrones Crusader Kings mod, but it's yeah. the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Didn't they do it, like a skateboarding mod for Crusader Kings called Crusader Kings? I mean, if they didn't, I hope they did. I mean, if they didn't, someone needs to get on that right now. Is I'm it just that they sure. like look like cool skaters or does it affect combat at all? I don't, does it just add a bunch of knee pads to all your characters? I don't think this is real. I Waypoint talked. Someone on Waypoint said it out loud, and I think I imagined it. Oh, and then you sort of you. It should it. just just cast just fill the random generator with like Bob Burnquist punk names. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh-huh. That's not Bob Burnquist isn't a punk name. It's a accountant name. Well, Bob um, Burnquist was a real guy. I know, I know, I know. But I was saying. Make a punk name generator, and then you reminded me that skateboarders wicked didn't have punk names. For yeah, they a just had like I mean, if you look at Bob Burnquist, he do look like an accountant. <laughs> Hang on, I'm looking him up. Bob if you, if you look at professional skateboarder Bob Burnquist, the thriller from Braziller. Um, yep. he he do look like especially photo number two on Google.com, he do he do he do look like an accountant. The one with the white shirt and black hoodie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. With that fucking hat that's like not on his head. Yeah, he looked like an accountant. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh well thank you, Bob. Well, listen to this. Bob Burnquist, Bucky Lassick, Danny Way, Rune Glyphberg. <laughs> Rodney Mullen, Jeff Rowley, Chad Muska, Tony Hawk, Ryan Sheckler, Eric Costin, <laughs> Tom Penny, Jason Lee, Andrew Reynolds. <laughs> uh, holy shit, I forgot about Nia Houston. I remember when that dude was a kid, and now he's... 27? Oh, God. Oh, God. This is a thing I didn't need to do to myself today. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. about skateboard. <laughs> Famous skateboard men. Yeah, I just pulled up a picture of baby Nia Houston and was like, oh, yeah, that's the kid oh, I yeah. remember. That's that yeah. boy that I remember. <laughs> now he's an adult man. Yeah. Sometimes I like to... I've never much skateboarded in my whole life, but sometimes you just, I just... If there are skateboarders going around or you're by a skate park, I just like to hang out for a little bit. Watch them do yeah. what they're doing. I drive past one uh, all the time because there's one in between me and my grandmother's house. And uh, there's I, I there's always kids. I love it. I love driving by at like five or six on a Friday. And they're and going. Like, especially in the fall. They're skating. There's a ton of people. There's often like a street food vendor that just sets up and sells hot dogs for two bucks. Yeah, to the dang and skateboard then like, punks. And then they have a fucking uh, bonfire that I'm sure wasn't planned by the planners of the park. Absolutely but like, there's not. just kids sitting there hanging out. I'm like, man, it's literally like the 90s here. Yeah, the 90s. Like, there never aren't there stopped. aren't many kids. There aren't many kids that get to grow up with that. And like, I did because I grew up in the 90s. 
where I would go to a place and just wild kids in the yeah. wild for like hours past the lights going out. And then like thinking back on it now, having no idea how we got home from those occasions. Absolutely not. Not via skateboard. No. But like, was it through, was it from like the one guy whose big brother had a car ride? Got it. But like that but shit you're wouldn't all fly off now. But you're all, all, you're yeah, all you're all sketching in the back, yeah. yeah absolutely, <laughs> just, just doing dangerous shit for fun. Modern day skateboard teens in the park passing around like the last bottle of Sunny D, you know, just like the only surviving bottle of Sunny D. Just like ah, these this is <laughs> yep. this is living. This is the life. What I love and respect. We'll talk about this book. Uh, but what I love and respect about skateboarders, truly, no cap, is um they fail a lot and it never really seems to discourage them yeah i'm sure there are people who get discouraged from skateboarding but you just you just watch skateboard yeah i was that kid you just watch and they cannot kickflip for shit they do the shittiest grind you've ever seen you know like it but they're just and then they fall and they're like ah shit well they just pick up their board and they just fucking do it again that's legitimately like inspirational to me. It's fucking great, dude. It's fucking great. And like, like dang, you go kids. Yeah. And my brother, um, who, if anybody uh, that listens to us wants to, wants to help a, help a dude out, not help a dude out, but like check out a cool kid. My brother, uh, Ian had, when he, Oh God, I felt that sneeze coming for so fucking long. <laughs> um sorry it was it would not go away uh he was he's one of those fucking kids dude and like he skated for ages and then one day just decided you know what i'm done with high school i'm gonna fucking move to san diego and he's been living in san diego ever since motherfuckers built out of marble uh he's just oh no no fat all muscle uh, and like he was there for like a year and got sponsored by like a clothing company that made his, that bought his clothes and shoes, and then he got sponsored by a, a skate shop that that made all of his decks custom for him. And he's been skating for years. He's fucking like, yeah, cool as cat. I can't find his Instagram because he changed his fucking name, so I feel like a dipshit. But goddamn, I'll find it by the end of this for sure. <laughs> God damn it! You don't realize how much you rely on like pictures and usernames until they change either or both and you're like i have no idea who this is oh no how do i find my literal brother this could be fucking anybody (laughs) this person is a stranger to me he used to be dragon shit on on instagram shit shyt but he's not that anymore change that i don't know maybe because like he got a job oh (laughs) that that's classic yeah. Oh, you know what? He worked at he worked at Peloton. I bet they were like, mm, "What is mm, different?" Excuse me, Mister Shit. <laughs> you yeah. have to change that, excuse sir. Excuse me, uh, Sir Shite. Could you please? Or uh, would you prefer Dragon? <laughs> yeah, probably the probably the la- the first one. Not 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 Dragon. I want I want Mister Shit. Mister, excuse me, Mister Shit. <laughs> Senior Shite, please. Senior Shite, please. If you respect my uh, heritage. Ah, uh, let's talk about a book. A, yeah, let's do that. A, uh, The Restaurant at do the it. End of the Universe, the uh, uh, second book in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. 
Um, so I, that, obviously this is new to you. This whole franchise, this whole series is all of new it. to you. Um, I have read all of the sequels at least twice. Restaurant and Life, the Universe and everything, probably at least three times each. And I remember specific moments from throughout the next four books, but concrete details elude me. Like, I cannot remember. I'm sure. like, which book <laughs> sure. is that bit in? You know, like, which which yeah. one is that? Or, like, this whole opening to this book. So so to summarize these these uh, six chapters that we read for this, for this reading series... Um, the starship Heart of Gold immediately comes under fire by uh, the Vogon uh, fleet, uh, as a, and they can't do anything about it because Arthur has preoccupied the spaceship uh, as trying to manufacture a cup of genuine tea, uh, and and, and, <laughs> and the computer simply cannot handle this process. Um, so uh, the the only recourse that seems to be available to them is to hold a seance. Uh, where Zephod Bibelbrox uh, summons his ancestor, Zephod Bibelbrox IV, uh, because there was some confusion with, <laughs> with, with sperm in a time machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so his family line goes backwards. I don't think they ever attempt to explain what that means. Why would you? Um, exactly. Uh, and uh, Zephod Bibelbrox IV is uh, very disappointed uh, with his great-great-grandson, Zephod Bibelbrox, and, uh, but eventually does... Uh, seem to get them out of trouble. Uh, the yeah. ghost of Zaphod Paper Box the Fourth, uh, where suddenly Zaphod uh, appears at uh, uh, the offices of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which have moved to a cool beach planet uh, where it's five o'clock somewhere right here all the time. All uh, the time. All the time, and uh, we don't know where the rest of the crew is, but Zaphod enters uh, as uh, looking for a fella named Zarni Whoop. Uh, the editor in chief, uh, and uh, as he finds Zarni Whoop, uh, it appears that uh, the whole freaking place is it's under attack. Going up, yeah, absolutely. Getting, getting attacked. Getting fucking wrecked. Uh, this this book starting at a clip. Although I guess the other one did too, because uh, in the first reading series <laughs> of that book, Earth was destroyed. Yeah, uh, sure. So, Say what you will about Douglas Adams, but he he covers some fucking ground. You are not waiting for things to go down in, no. in Douglas Adams' book. It's quick, to the point. Yes. So, as always, what are your thoughts about this as someone who has <laughs> I never love it. experienced this book? I love it. Also, there's an infographic that I think is in the movie that is the opening of this book. Yeah, the the uh, made people very angry and is widely regarded as a bad move, that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely been uh, co-opted into the into the movie. I, I remember that's the cold open of this one. Um, yeah. yeah. In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and been widely regarded as a bad move. <laughs> Many races believe that it was created by some sort of god, though the Jat... <laughs> the Jatravarded people of Vitvotal Six believe the entire universe was in fact sneezed out of the nose of a being called the Great Green Arkel Caesar. Oh, yes, of course. I had forgotten that that was even in there because I read this a couple weeks ago. But, yes, the, yeah. the Sneeze planet uh, that was then co-opted into the movie uh, appears here, although no mention yeah. of Hamakavula. Uh, sadly, the Jatravardids, who live in perpetual fear of the time they call the coming of the Great White Handkerchief, are small blue <laughs> creatures with more than 50 arms each, 
who are therefore unique in being the only race in history to have invented the aerosol deodorant before the wheel. <laughs> ah, fuck Douglas Adams. I'm God, just always spitting out these weird little condensed gems into the middle of the, oh, the story. It's the best. These wandering asides that, that paint these, these beautiful pictures of an insane uh, universe. Yeah, a deeply... A deeply, uh, uh, what's the word? Not fickle. A deeply manic <laughs> fucking yes. universe that's just doing whatever the fuck it wants. A wild universe that does not play by your rules, does not uh, justify itself in any way, uh, and yeah. will actually say fuck you if you ask it to, to justify it. Uh, um, the Douglas Adams universe operates under the classic rule of cool, uh, where and you can do whatever you want as long as it's cool. It doesn't really have to make any sense. <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it. It's so fucking, it's just, it's just, it never makes any qualms about doing weird shit. It's just like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's weird because it's weird. Why? Because it's weird. And it's like weird. most things try to be like, poetic or wax philosophical about how fucking nonsense life feels most of the time and this is just straightforward in its messaging in that yeah shit's weird like all the time isn't it yeah weird and then just moves on <laughs> yeah the the complaints department of the serious cybernetics corporation takes takes over three planets you know like it's just that's the, that's just the one department and then the sign is so heavy, it falls through the top two floors, killing everyone on the top two floors. And then what's left of the sign sticking out of the top looks like, if you read it in the local language, it says, put your head in the pig's ass or something like that. <laughs> Why not? Why yeah. not? Why the dang hell not? Oh, it's fucking... It's, it's miraculous, honestly, that like this isn't required reading in high school. You know how many people would be less shitty broadly if they just read a thing that was like, hey, all the shit you care about, if you think about it for longer than three seconds, and I know that's hard for a lot of you, but if you look at it and think about it for longer than three seconds, you'll realize it doesn't really make sense. <sighs> it's fine. Just don't worry about it. It doesn't cool. matter. It's fine. You know, and I, I do wonder if this could survive the high school literature test, which it seems as if assigning a book for teenagers to read, it ruins whatever book, regardless of quality. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? No, and some of those books you're asked to read are, are real stank-ass books that you wouldn't enjoy if you read them in your own free time. Yeah, but, I Lord of the Flies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, fuck <laughs> God damn. Also, I think Shakespeare should not exist in high school. Get it's, it the fuck it's out. It's not at the place. No, actually, where... I don't think that. Uh huh. I don't think that. I take that back. Nobody come at me. Okay. Don't at me. Don't don't send me hate mail. But you gotta pick like the right Shakespeare. Yeah, let's I not think... let kids read the story about two teens who love each other so much they kill each other they when they kill can, each other when they can't have I... each other. Yes. Yikes. The... For me, I think there is a reason why a midsummer night's dream is by far the most produced shakespeare play there is always yeah. a midsummer production going on 
in a way. And when you say that, people are like, it's no, it's got to be like Romeo and Juliet, or it's got to be like Hamlet. And I'm like, when was the last time you legitimately saw a local production of Hamlet that was happening? Yeah, Never. no one does those because everyone's fucking tired of them. <laughs> you don't fucking see it. Midsummer no. comes back every year like clockwork. You yeah. can find, in St. Louis alone, you can find yeah. three separate productions, some that are aimed at kids, some that are, you know, very rivaled for adults at, like, the Repertory Theater on Webster's campus, you know, like, yep. it's back every year. Yeah, every year. Anyway, kids should I read that seeing... one, a guy turns into a donkey, people want to fuck, you know, it's like, it's a great play. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I remember seeing uh, Tempest at Shakespeare in the Park in St. Louis, hey. and I was, like, 13, Mm-hmm. And that was when I was like, "Oh fuck, I get Shakespeare." Cool. Yeah. Shakespeare well, I mean, like, I sick actually. I was one of those kids that like my mom wouldn't let me watch Lord of the Rings unless I read them, which like is a thing I was deep. I'm deeply grateful for because like it got me into not kid literature in f- fucking fifth grade. And I can't imagine a fifth grader reading the Lord of the Rings books now, but those books like burned into my brain, like I can walk my way through all of them still. And uh, because, like, I was a big reader when I was younger and because, like, I liked that stuff, you know, obviously becoming a writer in my adulthood, like, that makes sense to think about. But uh, I think at that point and up until that point, Shakespeare had been just, like, this unapproachable, hard to understand. And then I went and saw Shakespeare in the park and I watched people on stage say it the way it was intended to be said. And I was like, oh, Hold the hold on. This all makes sense. It sounds and it's silly, funny, but plays are not meant to be read. The, right? No, that was one hundred percent true. That's one hundred percent true. Plays are meant, and there is something to, because like, there's a, I think there's like a misunderstanding about Shakespeare. Is that like, no, that's just how people used to talk back then. No, it isn't. People <laughs> in in his era did not talk like that. They were they were functionally illiterate on mass. Like they they didn't speak in eloquent verse <laughs> when they were speaking. <laughs> they spoke sure. like, "Hey, you can't get over," you know, like that. That's how they talked back then. It was not it was not an eloquent verse, but they could understand it because of how it was delivered. Yeah, it was the even. Because, like, when I'm watching Shakespeare, I once did a back-to-back uh, Shakespeare in the Park of Henry the Fourth and Henry the Fifth, which I think would also be a decent, like, one to show to teens because, you know, it's about guys with swords and they fight. Um, I did not absorb much of the language that was happening because they're doing no. it at, like, a fast dialogue clip. But the way the actors are performing it, the, the staging of it, yeah. the the props and the and the movement, and the, and the not choreography in a dance sense, but, like, choreography in a simple movement sense, yeah. is, it's all you need, yeah. really. It's all you need. I, uh, this is not entirely, it's not entirely uh, off topic, but the... The new Star Wars show Andor just came out this last week, um, right. and they dropped three episodes to start. And without getting into details, there's like a flashback that's with a separate culture of people, like in Cassian's past when he was a kid, and they all speak a language that like you don't understand. And there are no subtitles when they're talking mm-hmm. at all. And my buddy who watches shows with me, God, God, God bless him. 
Um, fucking at one point, like had me pause it, and I was like, okay. And then he was like, are we supposed to understand what they're saying? And it almost angered me because, like, no, but you absolutely understand everything that's happening. <laughs> Uh, just to speak to this point of like, no, people didn't talk like Shakespeare did, but it was like the way they produced those words and performed those words. Everyone went, oh yeah, he's mad because he stole his girl and he's doing an insult with his, with his thumb and his like, yeah, that's, I get it. And like all of these scenes and they, they play over the first three, op the opening three episodes of the show. You can't understand what anybody's saying. But like, there's no mistaking exactly what's happening. But and like, like little little power struggles, and like the way they show the scene, you're like, oh, this is what happened here, and like, oh, this is what's happened. Like, it's great. I love it. Yeah. It's one of the it's one of the better instances of like a person being given the ability and ha probably having a desire to uh, show and not tell. Yeah. Um, it's like it's, great. The, it's like the scene in The Godfather with Salazzo, where they're speaking in Italian, but we don't get to read what they're saying or right. uh uh in in the new west side story where there are so many scenes that are in unsubtitled spanish uh yeah. but again you get everything you need to know but going back to three topics ago i wonder if hitchhiker's guide could survive the the high school reading yeah i apparatus. wonder if high school kids are not funny enough because i do think <sighs> they have the capacity but it's not just that the that the Douglas Adam books are funny. It's that they're like like almost brazenly satirical. And like honestly, if you spend any time on TikTok, which is I my preferred social network over Twitter because it's just not a shit show all the time. Um I I do think that like there is the possibility that kids in that age group could and do frequently like understand how fucked things are and then make fun of it so that maybe it would, I think if there was any time that these books would be perfect to make it, they make their way into education. It's now <laughs> when like any moment you could open up your phone and be like, ah, oh, never mind, And then <laughs> get back off. Damn, um, nothing makes any sense. Uh, let me yeah. pop open this Douglas Adams book real fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, nothing makes sense in a fun way here. <laughs> right. Nothing makes sense in a way that it does not uh, cause me to deeply, deeply despair. Yes, of course. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Sometimes the the English class grist mill can just turn the most beautiful work into just like, I mean, homework. <laughs> just turns into like, ah, oh, God, I don't want to fucking read yeah. this. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> My favorite book. I love The Great Gatsby, but like if you had asked me to read that in high school, I would have been like, this book sucks. Also, dear God, did the kids that read that with me in high school not get it. And also, dear God, did the movie not get it. No, the parties are cool, Caleb. You don't get it. They're having cool, fun <sighs> parties. Yeah, I guess. People, do you remember that thing that was happening a, a few months ago, maybe over a year ago at this point, where people were advocating for, like, a Muppets Great Gatsby. You know, like, getting back to the Muppets, <laughs> like, doing I've famous never. books. That's incredible. Okay, I saw it over and over again. And That's... all it told me is that people don't remember what that book is about. And I'm not talking about the themes. I'm talking about, like, the events of the book. And yeah. why would you want Kermit involved in any of that? <laughs> Why would you want 
Kermit to meet Tom Buchanan, who's just gonna like beat up his wife in the middle of the street or whatever. Like, who's gonna play that? Fozzie? Who's gonna be Tom in this one? Or is that gonna be a human? It's gonna be like John Bernathal beating up Janice from the Electric Mayhem. Like, what are you people talking about? (laughs) Treasure Island made sense. Christmas Carol made sense. Wizard of Oz makes sense. All of those are varying degrees of you know quality, but like they make sense as a Muppet adaptation. Yeah, Great give Gatsby. me some. Y'all just remember the parties. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Give me Who's some Muppets. Who's gonna get shot dead at the end? <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is it Kermit? <laughs> is Kermit gonna get killed in a pool? Because he's uh, give me playing some, a little uh... banjo on a raft and he gets fucking just shot. Yeah, give me some. Give me some. Um, some Muppets Shakespeare though, huh? Give me okay. some. Uh, give me some Muppets uh, King Richard. King Lear? King Le- No, the the histories. Give me the histories. Oh. <laughs> give me yeah. Give me uh, Antony and Cleopatra. <laughs> Honestly, I would I would probably watch that. Yeah, sure. I'd fuck probably it. Watch that. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, people are silly yeah. sometimes. People are silly, and uh, yeah, I hate. I kind of hate them sometimes. People are fucking goofy dude fucking, fucking goons man people are fucking wild fucking dude. goofy goons man people be straight tripping man they just be that's a bunch of goofy goobers out there i'll say real goo i was gonna say goobers too bunch of fucking, goobs. they might have to mute me on the i don't know if i can say this on the radio there's a bunch of stinky poopoos out there <laughs> there's like people with doo-doo in their head where a brain should go why you got all that doo-doo in your head? It goes in Why like- you got that dookie in your brains? <laughs> Why you got a Green Day CD in your brain where your brain should go? <laughs> That's the like, problem. Uh... Much of the populace has a genetically uh, gifted Implanted. copy of Green Day's dookie sticking out of you their You thought it was lobe. bad when iTunes gave everybody U2 when they didn't ask for it. Yeah, but you're born with a fucking Green Day CD stuck in your That's the Cyberpunk lobe. 2077 future I look forward to. Yeah, and every child is born them. with with Green Day wet wear, wet wear in their head. Born with yeah, and you're like you could be one of you know like the the chosen few kids, you know, like oh the you're born in the elite class with uh you know a a dookie or even an American idiot sticking out of there. But then like yep. oh which kid was born with like Uno dos tres <laughs> sticking out of their <laughs> brain? That's the, oh, no. that kid is being held back. <laughs> <laughs> that kid will not be attending second grade with his friends. Yeah, there'd be a pretty stark difference between the kid that had the first album of Fall Out Boy in his head and the kid who had the most recent album of Fall Out Boy in his head. Oh, so it's a, it's a, it's a larger pop punk CD uh, epidemic that's happening. Maybe it's just a it just depends on um, whether or not you're a corpo or a street kid. Oh, you know, it's just about it's all about means. Yeah. Which one of those Different. two is the I think those are both corpos. I think at this point, no, Green wicked, Day yeah. is a corpo. Both of, yeah, Green Day went from street kid, got it big, and now they're corpo. Fall Out Boy and was corpo. always corpo. What was? Fall Out Boy. They were always corpo? They were you think always they were... <laughs> corpo. <laughs> By the time, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess... Maybe there's a bunch of old Fallout Boy, like pre 
Sugar We're Going Down Swingin' albums that I am not familiar with, and and maybe they also had a similar, like, sellout phase. But in my popular knowledge, Fall Out Boy was born Corpo. All right. Born That's my understanding. Fucking born Corpo, Kev says. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Know your place. And there's just no way to look it up. There's just no way to know (laughs) if if there were Fall Out Boy albums before that one. No way. No way. Also, I don't think there was. Yeah, so, yeah. I think that's broadly when they became a thing that anybody cared about. And there's probably music that came before that does not exist in the public domain, or in the accessible domain, rather, now. But we'll never know that. So why worry about it? Never know. There's no way to know. No way. How could we? Take this to your grave. Take this to your that grave. That was a Fallout Boy album from 2003. I'm good to go. Tell that opening track on this Fallout Boy album from 2003. Tell that Mick he just made my list of things to do today. Oh yeah, there's song and coming and, uh, out anti-Irish, sending postcards from a plane crash. Wish you were here. Does Fall Out Boy rule, <laughs> dude? Their first album, the songs are all fucking. This is their first album, yeah. Yeah, all of their songs are fucking little little novels. <laughs> yeah, all of them. All right, uh, our lawyer yeah. made us change the name of this song so we wouldn't get sued. Okay, so yeah, so so two years later from Under the Cork Tree, famous album, Dance Dance, Sugar We're Going Down Swingin', um, uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of popular songs, but uh, so maybe there's one pre-Corpo album. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The first one, one. and then after that, Shills. Okay, they sold out fucking quick. <laughs> yeah, you know it's what? because that first album was fucking massive. Collect that, that fucking first bag, album was huge. You know? Yeah, huh. I mean, if you got the bag, get the bag. You know, no one's you know a band that's. What? You, you're like, about to make something uh, make no, an emotional you like statement. To, you like to think of yourself as like an outsider artist, like, oh, I'm working on my own terms, but like, no one's offered me the chance to sell out yet. Yeah. And, I, and if I'd they did. I'd probably do it. <laughs> prob- I'd probably be like, I bet. How much? You're gonna, I'm sorry. You're gonna give me how much? <laughs> also, I know that I would self-sabotage that moment, like in fucking Nice Guys when uh, is it Kim Basinger? Yeah, he's about to pay them a lot of money, and then he was like, probably She's for no more the than check, and he likes. <laughs> he's like probably for no more than this much, and she goes, "Oh wow!" and <laughs> tears off the one she's writing. It's oh. like three times that amount. Oh, perfect! Movie. Oh, it's incredible. It's that movie's ugh. What a good bit! What a good bit from a good movie. Everyone it's go great. watch the Nice Guys. I think it's still on Hulu. Just it's on Netflix now. Oh, it's on Netflix now? Come on, now you have yep. no excuse. Everybody got Netflix. No excuse. Everybody got Netflix. Well, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody it's because nobody Netflix. else is getting Netflix. Yeah, everybody got anyway. it. Anyway. Everybody got it. We, yeah. I guess if you're not growing, you're dying. So R.I.P. Netflix. Uh, <laughs> it's grown as big uh, as it gross. can get. Uh, gross. I'm sorry. That's what they believe. It's not about... No one's happy if you are maintaining strong no. profits. They must no. grow. <laughs> they so must dumb. always grow. There's no such thing as a uh, you know a plateau we can reach where we yeah. can sustain what we're doing and continue making money. 
you know what I love about unsustain or uh, 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 nonstop growth? It lasts forever. <laughs> it never That's ends. That's what I love about about unceasing growth. It always keeps going forever and ever. Yeah, why would it stop? How could it stop? It's growing right now. <laughs> Surely you don't understand growth, because see how growth is defined as when a thing well grows. No, we're in a montage right now of growth and the line is going up and everyone's happy and we're making money. There's making no way there's going to be a montage later money. where this all falls apart. No, why would it? Why would there be? It's why, who would right take now. the time to make that? Honestly, it would be too depressing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Douglas Adams is perfect for this current era. It honestly makes sense, you know? To Douglas Adams, this world is normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Douglas Adams was like, oh, no. Oh, no. They don't realize that it's fucking dumb. Yes. Yeah, I must Douglas do. Douglas Adams is very uh, a Dadaist artist. <laughs> Where he's, sometimes it doesn't even feel like he's speaking the same language as you, but somehow it makes, like, perfect sense. Like, that. that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Are we supposed to understand this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Not understanding it is understanding it. It's exactly it. You're not supposed to. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. You, you know how you're not supposed to just intuit a thing na yeah. naturally when you come to it. That's kind of the point. Yeah. It's like you're talking TM, to someone TM. about like a movie they didn't like, and they're like, "I didn't understand what was happening," and I'm like. Yeah, that's yeah. like the point. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. really hard to defend that, but you're like, no, like the point is that it's really complex and it doesn't make any sense. And that's yeah. how the character feels. Someone was like, uh, the In beginning of the beginning of everything everywhere all at once was too busy and moved too fast. I'm like, uh huh. That's how yeah. Evelyn feels. Uh huh. <laughs> do you see? <laughs> uh huh. Do you uh do you have an assessment that maybe couldn't be gleaned from the literal point of the film? I know. People don't like to give uh, artists enough credit for stuff like that. Nah. Now, nah. why would they? No. Why would they? It means you'd have to pay them. It's because people are broadly... <laughs> it's because... <laughs> oh, God. It's because people that have been imbued with the access and power of social media are, broadly speaking, the psychiatrists of the universe of mm. Hitchhiker's Guide. And it's okay. their job to make sure no one realizes that it's okay to just... I don't know, like a thing, be a thing, do a thing, because you like it. Um, it doesn't have to be a whole thing Yeah, liking a thing. Not everything yeah. is a statement. Not everything is a statement. What is that, Kev? What's the, what's the, what's the fucking, why would you say something so brave and yet, what so is that So controversial. So controversial and yet so brave. And yet so brave. <sighs> Why did Not I forget that guy's name? Thing. Eric Andre. Shit. Eric Andre, of course. Yeah, yeah. Why Why would you say something so controversial? Yeah. And yet so brave. Yeah, it's like when I was at a, I was a board game party once and we were talking about, you know, art, because of, of course, and <laughs> someone said, like, every piece of art has a moral or, like, a lesson. They used moral or lesson. And I was like, I didn't, like start a whole thing but i was like i don't agree that every piece of art is intentionally saying something 
Yeah. And to me, moral and lesson imply intentionality. I think every everything has a has a perspective. Everything has sure. a point of view. Everything. You know has what? Everything does have a point. A point. And it's and and it's to and it's to tell the story that you get in the thing. You right, got it. Yeah. That's it. You found it. Yeah. 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 And the purpose of this story is like that'd be crazy if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the universe, that's it. it. It bravely says like this is crazy, huh? <laughs> yeah, wild, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, it's wild. <laughs> you wait. You went off on this one, man. Doug. Yeah. Yeah, you, you did it. Doug said, "Let me do a silly one." And why? Who are we to stop? I. You can't. You know. You can't stop him because the book is already published, and uh, you can't exactly take it up with the author. Unfortunately, <laughs> cannot cannot raise yeah. your grievances. Uh, no. With with uh, uh, much Adams. like the much like the three planet wide grieving grievance board, <laughs> uh, I bet I bet approaching them with an actual grievance is um, <laughs> quite uh, quite difficult. Quite difficult. Yeah, I have to I have to imagine. All right. So yeah, I think that about wraps up. You know, this is just a couple of. Uh, very strange, but very funny chapters. I just find the way these books are written so so um, pro, uh, yeah. compelling. Uh, so great. for our next reading, uh, we're going to go ahead and do uh, the next 30 pages, uh, which is chapters 7 through 14. Uh, we, will, nice. we will stop right before 15. Uh, so 213-ish? Yeah. Every, so uh, that's an average of less than five pages per chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Through chapter 15 or 16? Uh, to the beginning of 15. So, like, before you 15. start 15. Oh, 15 is one page long. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, uh, is it? Yes. Oh, well, then we might as well read that one. <laughs> so, to chapter, up to chapter so 16. So, we'll do up to 16. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. Might, might as well. Might as well. Just, if it's just one. I would do it turn. anyway, regardless of what you said. I would do right. it anyway. Yeah, because you're rebellious like that. I can't, I can't pin you down. You are... Much like I'm rebellious in the way that I don't read the reading until the day of. <laughs> and often that also means the day of the following week we intended Were to Were you a uh, classic uh, homework on the bus to school kid? Uh, no, because when I took the bus to school, it was high school, and I played baseball, and I was a tryhard, and I got a, I had a 4.6 oh. out of 4-point GPA. Whoa! Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like 13th in my class of like 370 or 380. Hey. Uh, but I got to college and I was 120% that kid. <laughs> 100% homework on the bus. Yeah, I realized that like, oh, my parents are here. And also baseball kind of fizzled. And so like my junior year, I'm pretty sure my first semester I had class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that was it purely of my design. And I was like, I'll never have another late homework assignment. And what ended up happening is I just didn't do shit <laughs> on my days off. I played games and hung hey. out. I was living rent free and I didn't have to pay for meals. Are you fucking kidding me? You, you know what I did on Monday afternoons? I went to the fucking grill the same time every Monday and got a spicy chicken fucking sandwich and watched Sports Center every yeah. fucking Monday. And I had a routine like that for every day I didn't have class. And to, sounds pretty to good. tell you, my friend, I only had two days I had class and yeah. I had a professor tell me I should drop one of them because he didn't think I could pass it. 
Um, I did, it. in fact, pass that class, and it did. I did become a thorn in his side, and he did deny my uh, proposal for my senior thesis, probably because I, I made him feel like an asshole. <laughs> wow. uh, but also, fuck that guy. He told me that there was no value in in, in education in video games. And now I teach game design. Yeah, f- famous so fucking fuck eat you, those words, buddy. Prof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no point in this video games, dude. I man, just go I won't play be- Mario instead. I won't belabor this point, but my my proposal for my senior uh, thesis was to write about from because our I was a writing major. I was a creative writing major, and there are two different types of my writing majors at school expository and creative and we didn't have an option our senior thesis had to be expository so like a thing i had not spent the last four years practicing yeah um but i decided that i would pitch assassin's creed 2 and brotherhood as uh in like my thesis was to investigate them as an avenue for learning about the people places and happenings of the renaissance Mm -hmm. the italian renaissance and I got laughed out of the room by this motherfucker who, like, everyone else in the room was like, yeah, this seems pretty cool. Even the professor teaching the class, I'd, like, brought him a couple books and been like, you get to meet Da Vinci? And I was like, yes, it rules. Yes. And then he was like, no, I don't, you I don't see any. You fly his little machine. Yeah, he was like, I don't see any educational value in this. And then, like, two years, Kev, two years after I graduated, the first Assassin's Creed Discovery Tour came out. No, not two years. It was much longer than that. Because the first Discovery Tour was Origins. They did the Discovery Tour of Origins, which took place in Egypt. And, like, Harvard Egyptologists were like, this is maybe one of the best ways to learn about Egypt. And I was like, I wish I wish I could find that guy and just send him an email. <laughs> Be hey. like... Buddy, motherfucker, <laughs> you son um, of a bitch. Yeah, I had that idea in 20, 2014 and was like, "Yeah, this is I like this is this is gonna be something." And he was like, "Nah." So I had no. to write instead about the Borgias and their representation in film and television, and it sucked. It sucked, but sounds boring. Anyway, that's my little beef with the establishment. Yeah, dude, fucking punk rock. You're like the first Fallout Boy album. Definitely not the other ones, though. Nope. You're not Just a- because no one has offered to pay me. Enough. Yeah, exactly. You're not a fucking sellout because no one has asked <laughs> you to sell out. Just because no one's been like, but would you do it for this much? You, re- Caleb, you remind me of one of my favorite uh, uh, underutilized wrestlers, uh, Heath Slater, uh, who uh, sold merch that said, I need this job. I got kids. That's <laughs> uh, fucking hilarious. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He got being yeah. like, let me let me win this one. Come on, I really need this. I, <laughs> I need, I need this, this job. I got kids. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. he get beat up. He was great. Miss him every day. <laughs> well, yes. What have uh, what have you got going on? Oh, what the fuck do I have going on? Uh, the other show, Crazy X Pod Friends, uh, still going strong every single month. Uh, I am about to see uh, uh, the the star of that uh, show, Rachel Bloom, uh, live. So I'm sure I'll have many thoughts on Shit. that. Uh, and, of course, I'm watching her new show, Reboot, as well. So you guys, you gotta, 
you gotta listen to that other show. Is Reboot good? Uh, it's really good. I watched all three episodes that are out right now uh, last night when I should have been sleeping. Uh, yeah. It's uh, very watchable, very charming. I liked it quite all a right. bit. Uh, right. You got a you got a sitcom with uh, Keegan Michael Key, Judy Greer, Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> Rachel Blue, and Paul Reiser. Where's what where the fuck? Wrong? Where are you gonna go wrong? How have I not heard of this? It's on Hulu. Uh, I never open Hulu. That would be why. The reboot. Reboot. Oh, just reboot. Yep. Yeah. What's it about? Uh, it's about, uh, they're reviving, uh, in the show. It's a show about making a show, uh, where they're reviving an old sitcom, uh, a cheesy full house style sitcom called Step by Step. Uh, right but up. they're rebooting it and making it like, uh, darker and weirder. And it's kind of the head writer's revenge on the creator of the original show. Uh, and I won't spoil why she's seeking revenge. Cause they, it is like a, a twist. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. Um, All right. I, I would recommend it. I'm having a great time. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my other plug. Watch that show I had nothing uh, to do with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what we do. This show is literally just, you should watch, listen, play, or read this. The first 30 minutes of this episode were us adding games to our Steam wish list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we opened the show by creating more of a backlog problem. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I also get yeah. paid on Friday. Just saying. Oh, no. Time to buy games. Hard West 2, here uh, I come. <laughs> Time to buy games. Yeah, it's got to be Hard West 2. Looking at these, it's got to be. I got to go with. I just got to be honest with myself and say Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Gauchos. Uh, uh, gauchos. I love Cowboys. Yeah. Still have not played Red Dead 2. Anyway. It's very good, but that's okay. I'm not going to lose your card or anything. I know it is. I know it is. What you got? I uh, got a podcast coming out on Friday. Uh, also recording the MCU podcast. about the, We're halfway through She-Hulk uh, now. Shulky. We're midpoint in the season. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of it. Still working on some on some writing projects. Uh, D and D game is five sit downs in, so like eight episodes recorded. Great, great. At least, um, but that is a daunting task for which I do not have any motivation to begin <laughs> just yet. Um, I'm also like I've, I bought Ableton a month ago, and I'm making music for it, and that's going to take a while because I'm I'm neurotic, and I have to I have to make it. I have to make the things. So you know. I, that, that's that's also turning into things. Uh, like I'm probably gonna put together like a chill hop album, um, and also uh, make music for other things. So I don't know. I uh, yeah, I'm trying to follow in in uh, old Donnie Glover's shoes mm. footsteps rather. Um, some some fine shoes. Doing some music, making some games, writing some some stuff, recording some podcasts. Amazing. Uh... Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. We love Go to Nerdy to Bits if you want to like it. read about games and shit. It's not super Hell current because yeah. sometimes it takes a while to write things, but it's 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 it, all my it, thoughts. It sure do, friend. <laughs> it sure do. It sure do. All right. Uh, yeah. As we as we pulled up earlier, we'll be back with the next uh, little chunk 
of uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe. Uh, and until next time, uh, don't use a seance to summon your great-grandpa. Yeah. He's not, not going to like well you very you. much. He might not go as well as you think it would. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We tried to warn you all, but oh dear. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect for all the natural wonders that grow around you. So long, so long and thanks for all the We thought that most of you were sweet Especially tiny tops and your pregnant women So long, so long, so long, so long, so long Tell your friends about this show. This has been a Talkback Podcast.